Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. We are back on Amazing Business Radio. This is Shep Hyken, and we have another great episode for you. We have back in the house, a repeat customer, if you will, Dan Gingis, who's going to talk to us about his new book, The Experience Maker, how to create remarkable experiences that your customers can't wait to share. Now, if you've listened to the show, you know we have a few announcements. So here they are. If you've got an amazing story that you want to tell, just reach out to me on any of the social media channels. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and more. And if it's a question that you have, use the hashtag AskShep. I'll either answer the question right there or on this show or on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home, which can be found on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku, C-Suite TV, and even YouTube. And if you go to BeAmazing.tv, you can watch many of the episodes there. So with that in mind, let's jump right into today's interview. Very excited. Dan is a great friend of mine. We met when he worked in the real corporate world, when I was actually working for one of his clients. Since that time, he's broken out. He is a uh, very, very well-recognized worldwide expert and thought leader in the area of customer experience. And he has a new book, his second book coming out in just two weeks. If you're watching, I'm sorry, watching, listening, I'm watching. <laughs> but if you're listening to the show in on the, the week it comes out then uh, of the show, then two weeks from now, that book is about, but you need to do this right now. You need to go to Amazon.com and get ready to buy the Experience Maker today so you make sure you get it when it comes out. Dan, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, my friend. Uh, the first time I was on the show, I said something to you. I said, I'll be back. Yes. And here I am. I'll be back. And for the, that's a great, you know, that's a setup is what that's called. <laughs> so, And for it those who sure don't is. know it, how could you not know it? My new book, I'll Be Back, will be out uh, just a week after Dan's book comes out. Your book comes out on September 15th? 14th. 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 Mine comes out one week later on September 21st. And what's special about that is, Dan, you and I, uh, you called me up one day and said, I got a new book coming out. Right? Remember that? I did. I did. And, and I said, when's it coming out? And you said. And I said, September 14th. Same day my book's coming out. <laughs> so what and do we the do? The kind of guy that you are, the kind of guy only that, <laughs> that, that Shep Hyken could be is you moved your book back a week uh, so as not to uh, have us be directly competing. And what I love about that is September is going to be now the biggest and best month for customer experience book releases because you got a Genghis Hyken back-to-back release and right. you can't beat that. And the book title for me is I'll Be Back. And really, you can thank my publisher because I called them and they were, well, first of all, it was far enough in advance that it, it was it could be easily done. But the fact that they were even willing to consider it was pretty cool, I thought. And so my publisher, Dave Wildeson over at Sound Wisdom, thank you very much. 
And Dan, thanks Thank you, you as Dave. well. I don't know you, but I, I love you, man. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into this. So the book, The Experience Maker. Love the book. I've got it in my hand right now. What is an experience maker? So an experience maker is that person in an organization that wears the customer hat at all times, that thinks through every business problem from a customer perspective. Yeah, you can think about it through a profit perspective and a business perspective, but you got to remember that customer perspective. And I think that's the difference between companies that get it and companies that don't. Every decision we make as an organization affects the customer. And it is possible to affect the customer positively and still make money. And so the experience maker is that kind of a person. And it comes from uh, one of my roles at Discover. I was recruited to by the chief digital officer, and it was the head of digital customer experience and social media. And what was interesting about that role and me being recruited into it is that prior to that, I had no background in customer experience or social media. And so I asked him, hey, I'm super excited about this role, but I got to know, why did you recruit me into it? And he said, because Dan, I've been watching you in meetings and you always have the customer hat on. You are always thinking about the customer and we need that in the digital space. And Shep, that turned my whole career in a different direction because it, it he taught me something about myself that I didn't even know. And that's the root of what I think an experience maker is. That's great. So I've got to ask a couple of questions. First of all, is the experience maker one person in a company like the chief customer or chief experience officer, or could it be many people in the company? Uh, the answer is yes. Thank you. And what I Next mean, question. No. <laughs> and what I, mean, what I mean by that is I believe that companies do need a leadership team, an executive level person that is in charge of customer experience, because that person's job is to oversee from a 30,000 foot view, the entire customer journey. But I also feel like you need experience makers all around the company who believe that no matter what their role, they can have an impact on the customer experience. You can have a back office finance role and you may never talk to a customer. It doesn't mean you don't have a very big impact on their experience. And so I think you need both because as you and I have talked about, we both know all too well, companies today, especially large companies, are siloed. They have lots of different departments. And that's just how companies are organized. And that's okay, as long as the customer doesn't see that. The customer mm. doesn't care how you're organized. Right. They just want a single experience. And so that's why I think you need both. I think you need lots of people on the ground. And you also need somebody looking at it from the full holistic view. So being exper an experience maker isn't so much a title as it is a mindset, is what I hear you saying. Absolutely. I think somebody once said that customer service wasn't a department, but it was actually a mindset. Isn't that a right? Philosophy, a philosophy. Yeah. Philosophy. Cult yeah. Cultural. Yes. Yes. I said that, didn't I? Very similar. But no, I, but no, it's, that's what I mean. And, and I don't want people to think that, uh, so you said something, this was the second question. I said, I got two questions and really it's kind of more of a, of a topic. So you said, yes, you can make decisions that are focused on the customer in a positive way and still make money. And that kind of made me think for a moment, well, isn't that kind of what makes you money when you create customer experiences that are positive? But I think what you're referring to, and, and let's talk about this for a few minutes, is that if you make a negative decision, but you have the customer in mind, that's okay. It's sometimes we make decisions that aren't positive about the customer. They're only about us. And we haven't really thought it through. 
Right. Like, let's give a perfect example of that. Somebody in the airline industry thought, hey, I got a great idea. Let's charge people to check bags. Oh, yeah, that was a great idea. (laughs) Right. We never did before, but we can make billions of dollars this way. Now, okay, did they make billions of dollars? They sure did. But they ticked off a lot of customers. They alienated a lot of customers. And they sort of enhanced their image as being companies that are just in it for the money. And I think there's a way that you can still make more money while being focused on the customer. And so, yes, you're right. Focusing on the customer will lead to more profitability. And all the studies show that. But the fact is, is a lot of companies still don't do it. A lot of companies are still so focused on the old bottom line that, you know, to heck with the customer. So we lose a few of them. At least we made more money. And that, yeah. I think, is is right. not a sustainable model. Well, and it's not sustainable because customers, uh, they're not loyal to you because they love you. They're loyal to because maybe they have to fly you if it's an airline or maybe it's the more convenient schedule. But boy, given the opportunity, if another airline comes in here, I am moving. And by the way, Southwest doesn't charge for their bags. And maybe it was the incentive, sign up for a frequent fire program and we won't charge you for bags anymore. If you, you know, so I, I get it. But I think more, I think, you know, as I talk about, you know, customer focused companies, think about the customer with every decision, but some decisions aren't going to positively affect the customer, but need to be done in order to maintain what they've already already had. For example, no customer likes to hear that prices are higher, right? But if cost to build whatever it is we're building for them is higher, we can't stay in business. If the cost to provide the level of service that we want to provide them is higher, how are we going to stay in business to take care of them, you know, if we don't and give them what they want? So anyway, um, there you go. That's that. I'm glad you clarified that. Very important. So I'm going to jump to another topic. We've got, yeah, let's take another minute or two. You uh, talk about why the focus on getting customers, you want them to share their experiences. This is real important. It kind of gives the company credibility. And you talk about this in the book. So let's, let's jump into that and give us an overview of that. Well, as you know, Shep, most of my corporate background is in marketing. I started in direct mail. I worked up to email and social media and mobile advertising and search and all that sort of stuff. So I've pretty much been in every marketing channel other than television. And one of the reasons I left corporate America was I kind of got tired of creating yet another marketing campaign. And frankly, as a consumer, I'm tired of seeing yet another marketing campaign. And what I realized over time was that marketers all have a very similar goal. They want the elusive word of mouth marketing. And I make a joke in the book about, you know, CMOs asking for, well, can't you just create a viral video for us? And yes, I had more than one CMO ask me that. And yeah, if we could all create create viral videos. That's the next question is how do you create a viral video? If I knew the answer answer to that, Shep, this would be a very different book, right? And so the answer in my head is that, focusing on customer experience and creating remarkable experiences. And the word remarkable is very intentional. Remarkable means worthy of remark, worthy of discussion. Creating an experience that people want to talk about actually results in that elusive word of mouth marketing that we've all been chasing. And so it's not about the next marketing campaign or splashy video or whatever it is. It's about creating consistent exceptional experiences that people want to talk about. Now, it's based on some research 
that I found that shows that consumers are more likely to share positive experiences than negative ones. They want to share positive experiences. The problem is most consumers don't know what a positive experience looks like or hasn't, they haven't had one in a long time. Every time I'm on stage, I, I hate to same. hear that. I know because it means that, well, actually you should like it because it means that you and I will still be gainfully employed for a long time. <laughs> Every time I'm on stage, I ask the same audience question. I say, raise your hand if you remember the last time that you were wowed by a company so much that you couldn't wait to tell friends and family. And Shep, whether there's a hundred people in the audience or a thousand, four always raise their hand. It's always four. I don't know why. But then I say, now raise your hand if you remember the last time you were disappointed with a company. And no matter the size of the audience, almost every hand goes up. In my last speech, the guy in the front row literally jumped out of his seat and said, that happened this morning. Yeah. We all can remember the last time we were disappointed because it probably happened this month, this week, and maybe even this morning. But yeah. finding it the experiences that were crazy. truly memorable, that's harder for us to find. And to me, that's the opportunity for companies. Be that company that provides the positive experience. Yeah. And I've got a dinner reservation. I wanted to make a restaurant for this week. So yesterday I saw they were open at four o'clock. I called about 4.15. I said, hey, can I make a reservation for Wednesday? And they said, sure. How many in the party? I said, it's going to be eight or nine. She goes, well, will it be eight or nine? I said, I'm going to tell you why. Let's make it for nine. I, I have a couple of people coming in from out of town. I'm worried they might be late. That's the only reason. Uh, she goes, well, if it's over eight, you have to talk to our events coordinator. I go, but I don't want an event. I just, are we going to be able to order off the menu? I think you will. I go, then why do I have to talk to, I mean, I'm, I don't want an event. And, and they said, well, give me your number and I'll have her call you uh, tomorrow when she gets in. I said, this is more friction than it needs to be. My favorite word uh, for terrible experiences is friction. And and she goes, why? I said, because you're forcing me to have another conversation when all I want to do is make a reservation. So anyway, I have not heard from the did person. You then say, did you then say, don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? <laughs> she goes, no, but I, I, I mean, take your pill and you'll remember. No, I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk more about the book, The Experience Maker, available at amazon.com. It's coming out in a couple of weeks, but you can put in the pre-order and I'll bet the books are already there and they're already starting to ship because I have noticed uh, you're trending higher over at Amazon. You didn't know that, but I know where to look to find that out. The book, it is The Experience Maker by Dan Gingas. We're coming right back. Don't go away. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert. And I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to come back again and again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll Be Back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. The book ships out in September, but purchase it today and you'll get instant access to the ebook at no extra charge. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. 
listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Dan Gingas. And we're talking about the experience maker. And anybody can be an experience maker. Uh, however, uh, you don't have to have the title. You just have to be the maker of experiences. You have to think about it. You have to be customer focused, which means as you make decisions, who are you really making them for? And granted, we talked about this. You're you're probably, if you're doing it right, going to make the customer pretty happy with most of your decisions. But every once in a while, you might have to take a tough one and realize that, you know what, even though I am thinking about the customer, this is what's right. Sometimes it's what our, our company, you know, uh, I always say, there's no reason to say no to a customer unless it's immoral, it's illegal, <laughs> it's uh, maybe it's going to cost the company a lot of money. Uh, so if there's a way to say yes, or at least offer an alternative, that's another way of doing it. But anyway, Dan, we're going to get into the book now. Specifically, I want to talk about the wiser methodology. Okay, well, let's talk about and, and that. It's not so- Budweiser. It is not Budweiser. Uh, I'm thinking of the frog commercial. Remember that one with the one of them says Bud, the other one says Wiser. Wiser. Um, Wiser. (laughs) Uh, So Wiser is a framework that helps to show companies how to create these kinds of remarkable experiences that people want to talk about. And the first part of it, the wise part of it is stands for witty, immersive, shareable, and extraordinary. And these are four things. You don't need all four of them. You can have just one of them and stand out. But the more you stack on top of each other, the more memorable the experience is. And then the R, which makes you wiser than the competition, is about being responsive. And that's a little bit of a harken back to my first book, Winning at Social Customer Care, and about how important it is to be engaged with customers when they are engaged with you. After all, if we're going to get lots of customers to talk positively about us, we can't then just ignore them. You get off stage and someone says, Shep, great presentation. You don't just keep walking. You stop and you thank them, right? And you, and you give them some of your time. But it's amazing how many businesses still ignore compliments. And it's actually pretty simple. Why? They never got them before. There was never a venue to have them. No one ever called a contact center, called a toll-free number, waited on hold just to tell the agent, hey, you guys are doing a great job. Mm -hmm. But then with social media, that became very prevalent and companies didn't know what to do with it. So the R is about being responsive because when you follow WISE, you're going to get a lot more people talking about you and then you got to be there to talk back with them. All right, witty. You know what? I sell uh, ammunition. I'm a defense company uh, working with a lot of government contracts. Can I still be witty? Ah, shoot. I think you can. (laughs) Of course you can. And witty is not about being hilarious. It's not about being a stand-up comedian. There's only a few brands out there. I think of Taco Bell is a great example that have sort of earned the right to be funny as part of their brand. Humor can be difficult in marketing because something that one person finds funny, somebody else may not or may be even offended at. So this is not about being humorous. Witty is about being clever. It's about using language to your advantage. And it's about refusing to be boring. And I've talked Mm -hmm. to groups of lawyers and I've said, pun intended, there is no law that says you people have to be boring. There's no law. There's no law that says that legal disclaimers have to be boring. They can be fun. There's a couple yeah. of really you fun ones. You have a ones funny legal disclaimer. Yeah, I love that stuff. And so 
every organization has a chance to stand out from the perspective of how they communicate, what their personality is. And if you're looking for where to find that, just remind yourself that your business, like everybody else's, is not a building. It's not a piece of paper, an LLC on a document. It's a group of humans. And you're selling to a group of humans. And humans like relationships. They like people. They want to ha have friends and, and like and, and have relationships with people. And so just being more down to earth and using language that your customers understand and avoiding acronyms and industry jargon and all that, that's actually getting towards witty. And it's about then finding a way to be slightly more clever so that you stop people in their tracks. And that disclaimer that you referenced, one of my, the best part about it, even though the whole disclaimer is worth reading because it's funny, but the best part about it are the first three words, which are covering our butts. Now, when I see a disclaimer that says covering our butts, I actually want to read it, which yep. by the way, is exactly what the lawyers want. They want you to read it. We all want you to read it because we want you to understand what you get yourself into. So refusing to be boring and using language to your advantage. We have a wonderful language that even the addition of one or two words can completely change the meaning of something. And when we do that really well, we make a huge impact. Yep. All right. Immersive. That's the I. Give me a minute on that. Immersive is about creating consistent experiences that people connect with emotionally. Because the more we can get people to feel the experience, the more they're going to remember it. But it also has to be consistent. And I know you talk a lot about consistency that, you know, just having a great experience is fine, but then that sets the expectations for the next time. And if the next experience is terrible, then you sort of erased the benefit of the first good experience. So mm -hmm. it's about consistency and feeling. Yep. Consistency. So that's uh, witty, immersive, and shareable. Yeah. This is where you want people to say, I want to share it with my friend, my colleague, tell somebody about it. Yeah. Write about it in the get, social and, post. And to make things shareable, we have to give people a subtle nudge, but not beat them over the head with it. We don't need follow us on Facebook and share your favorite, blah, blah, blah. The more we ask for it, the less people are likelier people to do it. Our uh, mutual friend, Tyler Anderson, who uh, speaks yep. at customer, uh, social media marketing world as well. Uh, he's fond of saying, if you have to tell someone it's a selfie spot, it's probably not a selfie spot, right? Because the whole concept of a selfie spot is that it's spontaneous. Don't tell me to take a selfie here. Let me figure that out myself. And so the shareable part is really, how do we create experiences that are intentionally, we're sharing as an intentional part of the experience, but we leave it up to the customer to figure out ah, I really want to share this with people versus saying, versus beating them over the head with it. Yep. All right. So we've got witty, immersive, shareable, and you gave us our responsive at the very beginning. Uh, yeah. But we've got one more. That's the E. And that is for uh, extraordinary, I believe you said. Yes. And this is where sometimes I get people that say, uh oh, this is where it's going to get expensive. And I say no, because extraordinary simply means a little bit better than ordinary. And the good news is almost every other experience that your customers are having is ordinary, right? Yes, and yes. so to be extraordinary is not that hard. It just has to be better than ordinary. And so I share tons of examples of simple, easy steps to just be a little bit better than everyone else is being. And yep. that reminds me, Shep, is that with all of these letters, 
Uh, I'm a storyteller at, at heart. It's the marketer in me. And all of the stories that I share in the book, and there are dozens of them, I had to put through three filters because they were important to me. They have to be simple, they have to be practical, and they have to be inexpensive. So I could tell you an extraordinary story of a company that invited all their clients to a private fireworks show that had Bruce Springsteen playing live in the background. The problem is, is that most companies can't afford to do that. So it's not simple, it's not practical, and it sure as heck isn't inexpensive. The examples I share throughout the book are all three of those because I want people to be inspired to go back to work and say, why are we not doing this? And also to feel like I can just do this. I don't need budget. I don't yep. need permission. I don't need to go through red tape. I can just do it. And extraordinary is the easiest one, I think, to do that because you just look at the places where you're ordinary, which is pretty much everything, and you figure out a way to make them just a little bit better. Yep. That's what we talk about. A little bit better than average or ordinary all of the time. And people will say they are amazing. All right. We have time for one more question. We call it the one thing question. We end every interview like this. So I'm going to ask you this, the last one thing, the one piece of advice to any company regarding customer experience, what would that advice be besides oh buy the experience maker book? And the I'll be back book a week and later. the I'll be back book. Thank you. Um, my piece of advice is to become a customer of your own company. It seems so obvious and it is remarkable how often it doesn't happen. I have worked at companies where the CEO has a private line to the VIP customer service department. No, the CEO should be calling the same number that the customers call. I have talked to doctors and dentists that consistently walk in the back door of their office. No, walk in the front door of your office to see what your customers see. Become a customer in the best way that you can of your own business. And that is the single best way to uncover the pain points, the barriers that you put up, and also the things that you're doing really well and should be doing more of. But if Boom. you don't look at it from your customer's perspective, you miss it. Yep. Boy, big advice. Great advice. Great thoughts. That's Dan Gingas. He is the author of The Experience Maker. Get it today. Dan, thanks for being on the show, man. Uh, as, and I'm going to say again, and I hope you will be back. So say that one more time. I'll be back. That's what I wanted to hear. And I hope all of you come back next week with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. We will have another amazing interview. And until that time, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.